Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show. I have to tell you that the podcast team and I, we work really hard at bringing you episodes that are thoughtful and planned out and really connect the dots. And I owe a lot of that to our podcast producer, Christy. She and I work really hard at strategizing, coming up with the notes, how I'm going to show up. And this note is for Christy and anybody else who has to work with somebody who likes to take a plan and then throw it out the window. I'm sorry in advance. Okay. The plan was to talk about something and kind of seed into this idea. Like, are you the kind of kid who used to open up your toys just to see how they worked on the inside, right? Like the idea was to bring you along and I don't want to start there because that's not how I'm feeling. How I'm feeling in this moment is like the following. (sighs) Just that. Over a year ago, we had this idea based on the things that people needed. And I was like, have you ever been at a place in your business where you know you need to create or offer something and you don't have the bandwidth or the wherewithal to do it? Yes or no? Just because if you haven't, you could just stop this podcast right now. I'm not going to be speaking to you. If you've ever been in your business and you realize I really need this and I don't, know how to make it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. I am going to take you behind the scenes to a very, very long process of revealing something in our business. Now, I have to be very clear. I'm not just talking about a gallery, right? Because you will probably not identify with needing a gallery in your business. Although if you do, we got you covered. What I am talking about is this business owner to business owner acknowledgement of saying there's going to come plenty of times in our business where we realize, hot dang, I don't know how to get what my customers need. If you have been there or currently are there today, I am going to be taking you behind the scenes of how our team created a massive new feature on the inside of Social Curator, and it's going to be good because that feature is the new Social Curator Gallery, and I'm going to explain what that is in a second, but remember, the thing I want you to keep in mind is we're not really talking about a gallery. We're talking about a thing that we need in our business to move the needle forward and what it takes to remain undaunted. Okay. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about the ins and outs of what it took to create it so that you know that what you see on the outside, hardly anybody knows what goes on on the backside. The biggest lessons the team and I learned through the process, let me just tell you, there were a couple times where a few choice words were used a little too many times. Pray for our forgiveness and some key takeaways that you can learn when you're creating something new in your business. But first... Let me introduce you to the key planners who made this gallery come to life and who you'll be hearing from throughout this episode. My name is Jake Berg, and I'm the Chief Technical Officer of Social Curator. I'm Tammy, and I'm the Creative Director for Social Curator. I am Katie, and I am the Social Curator Manager. I'm Tyler, and I'm the Product Manager of Social Curator. Okay, so what is the gallery? The Social Curator Gallery provides users with thousands of photos that they can sort through, search to find exactly what they need for their brand style, their aesthetic, and a way to just represent who they are and what their business does in a really easy way on social media, in their email newsletters, on their websites, any place that they want to be visually represented. But mostly it's 
giving options to our users that's so much bigger than what it used to be and so much more specific to them and their needs. So we have thousands of thousands of images that our users can use in part of their business. So we're talking about what they can use on social media. They can use it on newsletters. They can use them on websites and blog posts, and they can use them in presentations. I have seen people use social curator photos as part of a carousel ad in relation to their business, right? They want to keep it visually interesting. And I'm like, y'all... Y'all are gangsters turning out what you guys are using with these photos. So the thing we wanted to make sure is we want to make it easy. We want to make it functional and we want to make it inspiring. Now let's take a little bit of a break to talk about the vision for this gallery. I actually don't have notes about this section because I didn't want it to seem like it was canned. I want to be 100% candid because listeners of this podcast deserve nothing but the cold, ugly truth. As business owners, there are times that we see things and we know those things need to change. And yet, when we have so many things moving around us and swirling in our mind, we keep on saying, we're going to get to that, and we're going to get to that, and we're going to get to that. Now, I know that you know that feeling, but I wonder, do you know the feeling of, we're going to get to that, but I don't know how? If you are listening to this and you're at that place in your business where I'm going to get to that but I don't even know how to address it. I want to say, I feel you. And I encounter this multiple times in a year. And when I think about the gallery, that was the thing. When we launched Social Curator in 2017, we had a team of two people, right? And so we positioned Social Curator to give a batch of lifestyle stock images each month, right? And we're like, hey, people are going to use these. And as we grew the community and as our users expanded, we started hearing things from people saying, yes, but the colors don't match my brand or this is too feminine or this is too airy. And so here we were working with a parameter. Our parameter was each month on the inside of Social Curator, we promised 30 images. We were definitely giving more each month, but still the parameters that we were working with was around 30 And so we found ourselves in a conundrum. People wanted more and or different. And then we were limited with how much we could actually produce. And so I just kept on saying, we're going to get to that, but I don't know how. And then in March, 2020, we hired a CTO. And I have to tell you something about Jake. He's a unique character. He's uh, very cerebral. I think he speaks slow and he thinks I speak fast. And yet he just watched. He watched user behavior. When somebody unsubscribes from Social Curator, we ask them to complete an exit survey. Why are you leaving? What could we have done better? He read through them and he started seeing the pattern that people were like, this is great, but I need more. I don't like talking about this on the podcast because nobody likes to air their dirty laundry, but I don't believe this is dirty laundry. I believe that this is once was dirty laundry that I have washed and I'm putting it out on a string line like an Italian grandma cleaning her clothes in small streets of Tuscany. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I'm sharing this because the vision for the gallery could not be executed until somebody on the team came up with a solution. And so I talked to Jake and I said, When we really drop this gallery, it's going to come as a result because we've only paid attention. I could tell you the need. I need you to figure out the how. That's the vision for the gallery. So let's chat about why did we create this feature? Well, we wanted to make sure that our users had a better experience, that they saw themselves in 
social curator photos. We also wanted to make it easier to use our content because quite honestly, even if I was attached to a photo visually, if people weren't using it, it's time to change. We really wanted to help our users find photos that match their brand, but we also wanted to make sure that users could find their photos. Here again, I'm going to talk about something I probably don't want to talk about. But the way that Social Curator is built is that we have something called an issue. Inside each issue, you have a set of captions and story templates and photos. And when we first started, we're like, this is a really great idea. But what happens is when we have members, right, people who've been with us a very long time, when our users are going into their content, they have to go to each issue to find the photo they're looking for. Y'all, that is not a good user experience because you could have thought of like what our what our users were saying. We're like, Jasmine, I remember this one really great photo, but I don't remember what issue it was in. Y'all, it was like a light bulb went off and I'm like, we need an easy way for our users to search photos. That is why this feature is so important to us. It's not just the photos, it's the searchability of the photos. What we were finding out is that if people were asking for certain images in January, I couldn't respond with that image-wise until May because we were working so far ahead. And so what it allows us to do is be able to drop bundles or images a lot quicker in response to what people are wanting. One of the big benefits to users is they no longer have to cross their fingers and hope that one of their 30 images is going to be like that perfect image. They know it's going to be there. It's going to be in the gallery. And all they have to do is put in a few search terms for it to come up. And one thing, too, is when Social Curators started, it was distinctly a membership. Now, let's kind of draw a distinction between a membership and what we are in the process of becoming. And Social Curator is in the process of becoming a SaaS company, which means software as a service. When we had a membership, what we wanted people to do was to go in, get their content, and then go and deploy against that content, right? Like they would schedule and plan it on their own. But a lot of the times what we were hearing from our users was that the pressure point was, we like the resources, but Jasmine, it takes me a long time to download the content and then go and schedule it on my own way. So we had people using Trello to organize, Asana to organize their content. We have people using third-party apps like Plan, Later, Planly. All of these are phenomenal, but I started thinking, what would it look like for our users to be able to use the content on socialcurator.com? So in their dashboard, they're dropping and dragging photos and they're dropping and dragging their captions and they're having a way to keep their marketing content in one place. Y'all, that is the much bigger vision of what Social Curator is going to become. Like, y'all, watch out. I feel like I showed up to a knife fight with the bazooka. But here's the thing. Tiny baby steps. The gallery is the first tiny baby step to a much bigger vision of what this platform will become. But now, when we talk about the direction of why we created this feature, it was to distinctly become a SaaS company. We want people to be able to use our resources natively within the platform. So now it's time for the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the process of making this idea come to life. And the reason why I'm sharing the process is so that you can see pieces of your business and or your desires as you develop your business in our process. I am not sharing our process to be like, look what we're doing. I am sharing our process to say, this is what we do. Does any of it or can any of it apply to your business? Let's break this down. Number one, brainstorm. 
we had to actually ideate what did we want the gallery to do, aka what did we need the feature to do, how did we need it to function, and how did we want people using it. Brainstorming is a free-form flow of saying what can we dream up without parameters. Let's get into number two. We then had to create a mock-up of what it would look like. Now, when we talk about creating a mock-up of what it would look like, this is truly myself and a few team members sketched what we thought the gallery should or could look like. One of the most comprehensive drawings that we saw was from Jasmine. And I don't think we landed too far away from what her original sketch even was. And so for me, if fast forward to almost being ready to launch this feature that makes me very, very happy to have been able to facilitate creating something that gets close to the, to the founder's vision. Let's get into step number three. We had to adjust and audit the mock-ups based on feedback because once we actually got what the mock-up would look like, we then shared it to other team members to speak and give advice. Now, if we were to give multiple team members multiple designs of the mock-up, we would be going in too many different directions. So this is why it's very important for you to clearly, distinctly know that we had to create one mock-up and then get a second round of feedback. Next up would be number four, and that's to make a prototype. Once we had a design on paper, we actually had to turn it into what it would look like digitally as somebody experienced it online. So as the creative director, what it took to create this gallery was hundreds of hours. <laughs> um, it started out actually by trying to figure out what the purpose of the gallery was. It wasn't just to put out all the images that we've ever given. We wanted to have a really specific purpose for that. And so that helped us define how many images we were giving, how we were going to organize them and tag them. So it started out by finding the purpose for the gallery. Then we went through literally thousands and thousands of images because we didn't want to just, uh, we kept saying we didn't want to pull from the attic. We didn't want to just give everything that we had. We wanted it to still be a very curated, edited grouping of images that people, so when they search them, we were really happy with the images that they find. So once we went through and edited those down, we looked at what we had, and then we looked at the gaps that we had and we actually plan to shoot to help fill in those gaps. And we will still be planning more shoots to fill in those gaps. And then we went through and organized them and then tagged them. And the whole entire team was actually a part of organizing and tagging. And it took hours. <laughs> Every single image that is in the gallery has been looked at by a member of the social curator team and personally tagged. Um, and when I say tagged, I mean, some boxes are checked in terms of what season it belongs with, what orientation it is, the style of the photo, and then they actually type what you see in the image. So if the image is a cup of coffee and a blanket, they're going to type coffee, coffee cup, blanket, cozy, so that people would be able to find that image if they use those search terms. Step number five is an internal beta test number one. Now, this for us from a tech development perspective is we need to beta test things and clickables and uploads and things of that nature. But when you talk about a beta test, if you're creating a course, if you're creating a PDF, if you're creating a funnel, you basically want somebody to download the PDF and check it out. You want somebody to go through the email funnel and check it out. This is basically just somebody testing to make sure that it works. And if you're wondering like, well, what does the beta test look like? I'm going to tell you that the only advice we got from our CTO, Jake, was our directions were break stuff. I feel like I should repeat that because it was literally a quote. 
in our Slack channel that said, just try to break things. From a development perspective, and this is what I want you to take from, is like you learn more when things are broken than you do by everything working well because you're like, I know it's not perfect, but I don't know what to fix. When you can just go in with reckless abandon. And I have to say that prior to having somebody in the development scope our production team, our customer success team, our content team, we're all very driven and singular. We want to execute perfection on the front end. And we had to reprogram ourselves to work a different way because breaking things is actually a good thing. And that's what happens in beta test number one. Now to step number six, it's time to adjust or audit based on the feedback that we got from test number one. Right, So all we're doing is breaking and then fixing. Let's get into step number seven, which is the internal beta test number two. So based on what we broke in test number one and based on the audit, there was a redesign, there were updates, there were bugs that were smashed, and then we beta tested it again. Let's get into step number eight, and that was to wait for it and prepare your heart adjust an audit based on the feedback yet again, right? So this process was arduous to some. It was not fun. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort and it took a lot of communication. So I think that wherever you are, like, please know when you put something out, nothing ever goes out perfect. The more that you fix and adjust on the front end, the less you're going to have to deal with feedback on the back end, which actually leads me to point number nine. This is when we have an external beta test. This means that we share it with a small group of people. We share it with about 100 users of Social Curator. So we have it on what we call a staging site. So this select group of curators who signed up to be a beta tester get access to early insights of what's being developed so they can wait for it break things. We want our users to break things so that when we unveil it to the rest of our thousands of members, they have a really good experience. That leads us to point number 10. Wait for it. You know what's coming, right? Audit and adjust based on the feedback from our external beta test. And if you guys are yawning and you find this particularly boring, uh, this is business, honey. But let's get into my favorite part which is step number 11, which is where we are now. Launch it. That's right. We went through 10 steps before we can launch something publicly. This is a reminder that you could find yourself, your business, and future projects within this 10-step framework before you get to step number 11, which is to launch. When it finally came time to launch the gallery, we rolled it out slowly, meaning that we gave access to small batches of users at a time to alleviate the stress on our customer success team and ensure we didn't overrun the site. Now I'm proud to say that all of our users have access to thousands of lifestyle images for their brand. And because of our comprehensive process, audits, and bug fixes prior to launch, we're hearing nothing but amazing feedback. All right, y'all, we about to spill the tea. Roadblocks and lessons we learned. I can talk honestly for a very long time, but this podcast cannot be eight hours of all the things we had to go through to get this thing launched. So let's break this down into four main lessons that I learned through this feature drop. Lesson number one, we're calling this colorfully wrong. Okay. So when we first created the beta version of the gallery, we had our admin team add their own colors and create tags for those colors. 
But what we should have done on the front end is to create a system of pre-designated color tags. Okay, because what happened was after everybody beta tested it and AKA we broke everything, I went back and I looked at the color palette and I kid you not, I think there was probably 35 colors and it was like yellow, light yellow, mid yellow, dark yellow, mustard. And I was like, oh no, no, no. (laughs) Like this is so overwhelming. So this would not have been a good user experience if somebody's just like, I'm looking for yellow. But what they had to search for was dark yellow in order to find a photo that resonated with them. So what we decided to do, lesson learned, was to create a parameter or framework before our beta testers could select it. So instead of being able to search for 18 shades of yellow, we're just saying yellow, making the user experience streamlined, and then within that, they'll be able to see various shades. So lesson from our Colorfully Wrong episode was to create parameters and a system to help alleviate user overwhelm. Lesson number two, user experience is first. Y'all, I think it's easy, like quote unquote easy to create something pretty. But as a business owner, the most important thing is to create something that's functional. And I had to learn this the hard way. I am a creative at heart. I am a photographer and I'm a writer and I am a podcaster and I am a dreamer. And I love when things are beautiful But it doesn't matter my definition or idea of beauty if our users don't find it functional. So I had to make a business decision. I did not have to make a creative dreamer decision. And I feel like when we take ourselves out of our preferences and we think of our users and when we think of our customers, if we think of our clients, it all of a sudden shifts the way that we make decisions. When we think of them, we get out of our own way. That leads me to lesson number three, and that's to under-promise and over-deliver. So this is something that I have to come out and speak openly about it. We started working on the gallery in early summer 2020. And we were like, we are going to launch the gallery in October 2020. That was our goal. And that's what we co-signed within development. And then once the development team started digging in and realizing just how massive the project was, we were just like, we cannot launch it in October. But when I talked to Jake, Jake was like, yeah, I think we can get this done by December. Now, he did not say it is on our pathway. He did not say it will guaranteed be done by December. So I was talking to users of Social Curator. I go in and I do life coaching and I pop in the group around once a week and I, I'm, I'm there. And sometimes I get so excited about the future and I let it slip. I said, you guys, we're going to have a gallery in December. I shouldn't have said that. It was not definitive. And I was so desperate to be like, you guys stick with us because it's going to be amazing. Just watch what we drop in December. And we didn't drop it in December. And I think that, and I don't think, I know it makes me look like I'm walking out of integrity. Now, I know my intentions were true and I know that's what we discussed internally, but we did not definitively say this is when it was launching. So the lesson that I learned is to not speak about a feature until we are certain that it will be dropped. If for nothing else is to make sure that when I say something, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. 
big time lesson learned. So before I say anything at all, I need to have it locked in with every department director and I cannot speak about the feature until we are 100% certain. Let's dive into the last major lesson that I learned through this process. We had to hire a virtual assistant once we realized that our upload time wasn't correct. So as a founder, as a CEO, and you as a business owner, it's really important to look and assess times. Like we have to look and approach things from a mathematical perspective. If we have team members who work 40 hours a week and we know that it's taking about two minutes per image to upload, tag, and categorize, we started realizing that we had around 6,000 minutes of upload time in addition to all of the other tasks that we have the team members doing. So myself, our COO Jade, and the social curator manager Katie had to look and be like, who has time within their weeks to allocate to this project? And then we realized that we had a massive outstanding of around 35 hours of upload time. And we were like, whoa. So the project required more working hours than our team had available. So then we had to make the quick decision to hire a virtual assistant based on a recommendation from somebody on our team. We always reach out to people on our team to be like, we're looking for this role. Do you happen to know anybody who might fit? Now, the best thing was that the person who we hired as our virtual assistant came from a recommendation on our team, but also happened to be a member of Social Curator. And this was really awesome because our VA, she quickly understood the scope of the project. She quickly understood how users would search since she had tried to search for images before in the past. And then she immediately knew how to apply appropriate tags the way that an entrepreneur and business owner might. So while it was kind of like a learning lesson, it was also a total benefit for us as well. As you can probably tell from this episode, here at Social Curator, our mission is to empower business owners to showcase what makes them unique on social media. And that's why we do what we do. This gallery launch might not seem like the easiest project, but I have to tell you, looking back at it, I am like, man, it's worth it. It's worth it because we have the ability to give users everything they need to show up. And that is what keeps us moving forward even on those days that we were like entirely and completely stressed out. Our development team is always working really hard to anticipate the best user experience. And they work really hard at answering requests from users. And they work really hard to ensure we're staying on top of the trends in the business world. I think it's really important to give credit to where credit is due. Sure, it's my podcast. And sure, I happen to have founded Social Curator, but it's the people who work tirelessly behind the scenes. And that's why adding new features on our platform is really a top priority. We're dropping two other new features this month. You guys, this team blows my mind. Just blows my mind. We've been working so dang hard. I can't wait to see how they take your business to the next level. And um, we want mind-blowing growth. Like that's the thing that we want, 110%. So if you liked what you heard today and you want to see the inside of what these new features are and you want to see the inside of Social Curator, enrollment is open today. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we remain in closed enrollment. So this is like a rare opportunity to get a front row seat to doing group coaching with me because I will personally walk you through proven social media marketing plans and timely tips. And we really take what's going on in the current state of social media and learn how to market your business. And we do this on the inside of a private community. So if you wanted to get more access to the social creator team, our ideology, our planning methodology, y'all, this accountability is the thing that you need to 
take your dream and put it into action. Y'all now know we have the gallery of like thousands and thousands of images. In addition to getting 30 caption templates that empower you how to show up and how to talk about your business without sounding super salesy. You also get five story templates and these are customizable stories that you can integrate and edit there in Canva, a marketing plan. And one of the new features that we dropped was your daily social media plan. So this is a 30-day calendar personalized with three social media actions per day that will boost your engagement and your connections. And it's based on how much time you have. So you just find the date in the calendar and you ask yourself, do I have five, 10 or 20 minutes today? Boom. Now you know exactly what you need to do to move the needle forward in your business. Y'all, you could start your social curator subscription today at socialcurator.com forward slash join. I can't wait to be part of your business journey. 